Often we have open and frank roundtable discussions with people of different religions on topics of common concern. These talks form part of our Face to Faith initiative. Recently, we brought together those that have an expertise and indeed an interest in matters of mental health and well-being. The principal question was this. What aspects of your religion, teaching, wisdom from scriptures and so on, would offer help to a person living with mental health challenges? How are they supported in the faith? And would any of this also be helpful or accessible to somebody outside the faith? Amandeep Kaur offers the Sikh perspective. There's a whole range of things that come from the Sikh religion that could help people suffering from mental health. One of the main elements of Sikhi is meditation. So mindfulness is like a, a buzzword at the moment. A lot of people are doing that and that actually forms part of our religion. So being aware of, of the present moment and also connecting to a higher power. So I think that helps people to kind of accept where they are right now in terms of their feelings, really kind of embody them and also understand that they're more than just their body or their mind or their thoughts and that can help people move forward. So kind of awareness and connection. Another thing that can help in Sikhi, a fundamental part of it is also something called Sangat. So that's the community, having the company of other people who are on this path. Generally, it refers to kind of more enlightened people, but just having that sense of community can also help people socially to talk about their issues. In Slough, we've got uh, these little groups going, which are kind of, we will talk about scriptures, but lots of people's problems also come up and it becomes a kind of support group and we're able to guide each other. So that's really helpful. Another element is something called seva, which is selfless service. And part of that is serving yourself, so your own connection to God, to the vibration, to the universe, but also serving others. Um, and I think it's scientifically, people get told ways to prevent mental illness or improve mental health are things like service and connection. So we kind of have those things in the community. So anybody can come in and eat free food, have a free meal, but anybody can come in and wash up and help to prepare the food as well. And I think that, again, gives people a sense of purpose and a sense of there's something bigger than themselves. And it also gives them an opportunity to kind of get help um, and get advice from people as well. Another big thing is is our scriptures. So for me, someone asked me a question about how does mental health fit into religion? Do we need religion or do we need God to understand mental health? It's a fundamental part of our scriptures. The word mind is mentioned hundreds of times within our scriptures, if not thousands. It's all talking about the mind, how the mind works, how we are not our mind, we are not our thoughts. So that gives, again, people a sense of what's happening with them, why it's happening and what they can also do about it to understand that they're not their mind and they're a divine being. So those are some of the ways that I think Sikhi can help people experiencing mental health issues. And what does Hinduism have to offer? Here's Gita Maheshwaran. There's a lot in Hinduism that will help understand where mental health comes from. When a person is very deep into mental health issues, it's quite difficult to reach them. But what we can do within Hinduism is to support the family, to make them understand that there is no stigma related to mental health, which unfortunately is an aspect of most of our communities at the moment. But also to make them understand that this is a is only a transient part of their life. Within Hinduism, we believe in reincarnation. So we believe this is just a small part of one life 
and there are many lives to follow. And so um, although the person themselves may be steeped in what they are going through as a mental health issue, it's um, something that the family can understand and help to support them through it. And when medication and other aspects of mental health treatment have come into being and they're at a level where they can understand and also be at a time where they can listen and internalise what's happening, then the Hindu faith will bring them back to that aspect of understanding that this is just a small part of what's happening in their lives, that there is so much more to live for and so much more to progress from. We have within Hinduism, we have a system of medicine called Ayurveda, which is a holistic approach to medicine, not just treating a simple disease, but to treat the whole body. And that's not just the physical body, but the mental body and the spiritual body as well. So our Hindu faith comes into, permeates into mental health in that aspect as well. And also the understanding that um, as a Hindu, we believe that we are all linked with a divine spark. So each and every one of us will have a spark of divinity within us, buried deep within. And that will link us to not just between God and ourselves, but also with all the people around us. So anyone who is suffering from mental illness, we should feel it and we should want to go and help and support in whatever way we can. So as a temple, we have tried in very practical ways to help with this. We um, introduced uh, talks by medical experts within the religious festivals that we do. We have counselling sessions which take place in the community spaces within our temple so that people can get mental health treatment without the stigma of going into hospitals or into GP units. And we try to raise awareness within the whole community that there is no stigma related to mental health, that all of us can suffer from it from any one point in our lives. And so we all deserve to be supported and to be helped through whatever we're going through at that time. And how does the Baha'i faith tackle mental ill health? Annabelle Knight. I would say that there are no particular Baha'i counselling methods, but there are various sort of helpful attitudes and approaches within the Baha'i community, such as the belief that our true reality is a soul and that we're in this life and we go through many things and we grow from um, the various tests and trials of this life. So we don't necessarily pathologize suffering in that sense. But at the same time, Baha'is are very free to contact and to seek guidance from all kinds of counselling and therapy that are available to them. And there are some really great methods of counselling out there and all sorts of advances in science that Baha'is would be encouraged to take advantage of. I guess also within the Baha'i community itself, there is a real culture of visiting people in their homes, of working with children, with young people, in building resilience and doing a lot of creative activities and really encouraging people to sort of read the reality of their neighbourhoods and work with others from other faiths and communities in order to sort of improve and work for the betterment of humanity as a whole. So I guess this is where it would be the next part of the question is, would this be helpful or accessible to anyone outside of the faith? And it would be to say that all Baha'i activities are actually open to people of all faiths and none, especially what we would call the devotional gatherings, which are just small groups, uh, often in people's homes, where people pray together and meditate and reflect on 
all sorts of aspects of Baha'i scripture, but also whatever might be going on in their lives at the time that would be helpful to them. So, yes, all of the activities are open to anyone and hopefully promote well-being. Finally, we turn to Islamic teaching. Iram Sattar explains. I think, like all religions, Islam teaches the same things of compassion, kindness, especially to those in need, and also to be non-judgmental, as only Allah or God knows all and everything and why things happen, and he is really the only one who's the ultimate judge. We shouldn't judge people because we don't know what they've been through and what their experiences are, and we don't know how we'd behave if we were in their position, so I think being non-judgmental is really important too. And also faith, it's a, it's a personal journey. So saying to someone that your faith is weak or you wouldn't get depressed if your faith was strong enough or if you just accepted God's will, I think is really unhelpful, and it makes you know the person who's ill feel worse and even guilty. It's important to recognise that mental health problems are real illnesses and not just a, a failure or weakness. And also from in the Muslim community, sometimes mental health problems are perceived as a Western thing or Western notion. And actually, if you look into the history, there were Islamic scholars talking about psychological disease and they called it a disease of the nafs, which is a word for self or ego, and how traditional medicine didn't really address the psychological aspect. So I guess I I would say to the Muslim community, it's not a Western construct, a mental health, it's not a Western thing. And I guess it's very important to treat others kindly because stigma, shame, embarrassment are big factors when it comes to mental health and living with it. And people who have mental health, I think 90% of them suffer stigma or discrimination. And also mental health problems are very isolating. So just being there for people and accompanying them is really important. I think from an Islamic perspective, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be on, upon him, said that diseases have cures and we should look for them. And going back to treating people um, with kindness and compassion, Muhammad, peace be upon him, also said that if you see injustice, you should try and stop it. If you can't stop it, then you should at least speak up about it. And if you can't even do that, then you should at least feel bad in your heart about it. So, there you have it, four very interesting perspectives from four of the world's religions. The Bishops of England and Wales have a mental health project to further encourage and inspire us as Catholic communities of understanding. Find out more by visiting our website, www.cbcew.org.uk, click on Our Work on the top menu and select Mental Health from the list of subjects.